Gentlemen, James Marshall here on a gorgeous late summer's evening in Prague. So while I've been working on all of my material, trying to boil down what are the like key, most simple foundational elements that every man needs to know, I've been thinking a lot about my own progression of how I went from novice to master. What were the mistakes that I made along the way? What dead ends did I follow? What areas did I waste time on? And I came up with the idea of the seven things that I wish that I knew way back in the day, just before I started approaching girls and when I started approaching girls. So these are kind of simple truths that if I had really known and really believed, because some of them I'd heard of, but I didn't really believe, if I'd really believed them and internalized them, then they would have definitely saved me a whole lot of wasted time and a whole lot of heartache. So let's get into that. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Number one is you can talk to strangers, right? Now, this one seems pretty simple, especially if you've been involved in the seduction community or you've, you've been researching this for some time. It seems kind of self-evident, but there was definitely a time, I'm sure, in your life, and certainly in mine, in fact, it was all of my life, up until about 26 years old, where the concept that it was okay to, and it was possible, to see a girl in a park like this, on a, on a street corner, in a cafe, anywhere that wasn't deemed to be a social environment, Right, so outside of a bar and club where I guess most people kind of understood that, yeah, people are there to sort of socialize. Maybe you didn't feel when you went into a bar or club that you were able to go and socialize with exactly the types of women that you wanted to, but everyone knows that, okay, you can go to a bar and a club and theoretically you can talk to girls. But the concept that it is possible to just see someone in any public space and go and speak to them, for most men doesn't even occur to them. Right, it's like, and I know for most of my life, until I started cold approaching, I would see girls walking by, beautiful women, the women of my dreams, and I would, the only feeling I would have is just like this sense of like kind of sadness and like, nah, oh, man, a girl like that is never going to come into my social circle. Like there's no way that I'm going to be able to meet that girl. So therefore I'm kind of living in this little fishbowl, looking out at the glass and just with this forlorn sense of like, no, nah, my life sucks. Right? Why, why is it that I don't have the opportunities? What do I have to do to, how long am I going to need to wait until a girl like that comes into my social world? So, whoa, I just stepped into this crazy echo chamber. So it's very important that you understand on a deep, deep, deep level that it is totally okay to go and speak to strangers. And that that is absolutely the best way to improve your skills. Men get confused and get distracted by all of these other options when it comes to improving themselves with women, about how to meet women. And I get commonly guys inquiring. Right? So we get a lot of guys who sort of inquire about our services or reach out. And they're like, oh yeah, I was thinking of trying the kind of cold approach, day gamey dating thing. And you know, I'm, you know I've, got my, I've got other stuff going on, but you know, I thought maybe I'd just try it as a little experiment. And I'm always really heavy with these guys. Straight away, I say, all right, what are these other options? Like, what, what, when you say you've got a few things going on, what does that mean exactly? And they'll say something like, oh, well, you know, doing a bit online game and yeah, you know, doing all right at the you know, social circle, people I know. 
And then the more I dig and say, okay, let me, give me some actual numbers and st statistics here. You say you're doing all right online, really? Because I'm not, so tell me what's your, what's your online secret? And then inevitably it comes up that really what's happening is that they've sat there for an hour a day swiping and occasionally they get a match and then they write to the girl and she writes back and then they write again and then she doesn't write back. That there's, there's a whole bunch of kind of flaky numbers going on and little bits of interchanges or interactions that are happening, but realistically they're never actually leading anywhere uh, in terms of escalation or a physical relationship happening. Right, so men can easily get distracted thinking that they are progressing in their dating world when really what they're doing is just playing a video game which they're losing all the time. All right, so understanding that the online alternative is not really an alternative. I read an article very recently which showed some of the statistics of what it's like when you start to crunch the numbers of how much attention you get if you're an average looking guy. If you're a stupendously handsome guy who has amazing photographs, yeah, you'll get more attention, you'll get something on, on online, but it'll still be way less. Like if you're stupendously good looking and you learn cold approach, then, then, you're, then you're gonna be doing really well. But if you exist within the whatever 80 plus percent of men who are average looking, then women don't, just don't swipe you. They just ignore you. You're just another average dude. You've got nothing to help you stand out. You can't express your personality. You can't use your posture and your body language. You can't use your tonality or any of the advantages that you can use when you go and speak to a girl cold. And therefore, you're just another picture that she just goes nip, nip, nip. All right, so what are the other alternatives? The other alternatives are, how do I meet women? Through my social circle. Unless you have an incredible social circle, right? You're a, you're a club promoter or you're a, you're a guy who plays in a band. I did that, not as glamorous as you would think. I don't know, you work in a hairdresser's or, there's, or you have some uh, network, a huge network of guys and girls that are really fun people and there's lots of young, pretty people in that, in that crew. Unless you have that, your social circle is useless. Your social circle will yield what amount of pretty girls? Next to nothing because the reality is that most men's social circle includes between one and five possible women that are single that might be interested in you. So you're literally <laughs> choosing to have a dating pool which is similar to that of someone who lives in a tiny little village, a remote village. And that's the reality for most men in terms of when they're choosing their partners, they don't really choose them. They have possibly one girl that might be interested in them in their, in their social circle that if they pull the trigger, she'll, uh, she'll respond. What's the likelihood that that girl is going to be beautiful, high self-esteem, compatible with you on multiple levels, that you have sexual chemistry? Yeah, what's the, what's the likelihood she's going to be the one or the best one? Almost nothing. And yet, that's, that's the way most men end up in their relationships. They choose from this one to five girls that are available in their social circle. If they are the, the cool guy that plays in the band and also works as a barista in a cool cafe and is part of a capoeira class where there's lots of hot girls and Annie goes to acro yoga. Okay, so this guy who has a cool social circle, and this guy does sound pretty cool actually when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, the acro yoga barista band guy. Okay, do all that. That, that wouldn't be a bad thing to do. You'll certainly meet some people, but even that guy who has a really cool social circle, he's still just choosing from, I don't know, 20, maybe 30 girls. And of course, we have to take into account that many of them won't, won't like him just because they're not into that kind of guy or they're, they're not interested. So even that guy that has a great social circle still has very, very limited options, right? So, and I've, I'm someone who's dabbled in and put a lot of effort into building crazy cool social circles. Yeah, I was in a band, I used to put on parties, I've been involved in all sorts of different social dynamics. And I understand that that is a really important 
thing if you want to have a dynamic lifestyle, if you want to enjoy yourself and have cool people around you and amazing experiences. And yeah, it is attractive to women if you have a, an interesting social circle. But for all the effort that I put in that, it was all trumped. And I remember I was a lead singer in a band and I was, uh, you know, I, I played a gig every single weekend. And, you know, there would be 100 people in the room, so maybe 100 people. That's how famous I was. All of that was trumped the day. I remember the day that I went, all right, so I heard that you can go and talk to girls on the street. I don't really believe that yet, but let's go and try it. And I went out and did my first bumbling approaches. Oh, excuse me. Hey, what's your name? And where are you going? And oh, nice dress and not great games, nothing to be proud of. But the instantly, like within that, on that day, I got the number of a girl who was really hot. And, and, and then I didn't end up sleeping with her, but the next day and the next day, and within a week, I'd slept with a girl that was hotter than any girl I'd ever got through being in a band. And I did get a few groupies. When I, I look back over my stats, <laughs> doing all my research for this product, and I slept with about 10 girls kind of directly related to being in the band. And I was a musician for 10 years. I played hundreds of shows, put in thousands of hours of practice and work, and it yielded about 10 okay looking girls. No one out of that stood out as being exceptionally amazing. Uh, no, there was one girl that I kind of, I guess, yeah, I kind of picked up through the band who was really hot and ended up being my girlfriend. So one girl out of my entire <laughs> career as a musician was I like, yeah, that was worth it, right? So, but within a week of cold approaching, just seeing girls and going, fuck it, I'm just gonna try, I was dating high, higher quality women. And that was a real wake up call for me to realize that shit, all of this extra effort that men put into all of this extraneous stuff, trying to get rich and get a cool car and become really high in the social status of a scene and be known, get famous, all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff is can have its own benefits. Like if you want to get rich because you want to achieve something and build something and you want to, you know, I don't know, do something cool in your life that involves resources, for sure, go for it. If you want to have an interesting social circle, which I encourage with lots of cool people and fun things, do it. But don't do it thinking that that's the thing that's going to get girls. And that's, let's be honest, the reason why men do a lot of things. A lot of things, it's, it's not because of the success or the, or the gold watch or the star or the prize, it's because they think that's going to get them girls. And in my early time when I was about 26 or 27 when I first started regularly going out and approaching women all of that stuff was blown out of the water really quickly all those myths shattered as I realized fuck this is way easier this suddenly I have access to literally any woman I can see I can I, I, I have a chance and that's a that's a beautifully profound uh, new sense of freedom that a man can take on board because most men don't have that freedom they live in extreme scarcity with women. They walk around the streets, walk through their lives. If they're single, they're lonely. They don't, they don't have anyone. And, and then if you get a lead on Tinder or some girl at work looks at you and you interpret that as her being interested or you have a female friend you've known for ages, you, know, you fixate on this, on this person. You put all of this investment and effort into it. And of course, well, I don't know if you know this by now, but you should, that a man who's, who has limited options and who is over-investing in one girl is not attractive. That is never an attractive prospect for a man to be like, ah, oh, okay, you're my, you're my one shot, you're my lead, and so I, I'm gonna do everything I can to get you. Women, women can smell that, they can sense that, okay, this man is trying too hard, he doesn't have any other options, therefore I don't wanna be his only option because that doesn't, that's, doesn't 
validate me as a woman, thinking, okay, this man wants me because he can't get anyone else. It's not, a, not an attractive prospect. So in my mind, internalizing this understanding that it's okay to talk to strangers and it works, right? Because that's the thing that I guess stops a lot of men from really consistently getting into approaching is, okay, maybe they hear about it, maybe they believe that, all right, yeah, it seems like something that's possible and I guess I've seen videos of guys doing it and theoretically an average guy could do this and then maybe they go and try it once or twice here and there and they don't get laid. And then, or then maybe they try hard for a week and they get this kind of demoralizing week where they get some flaky numbers and it doesn't seem to go anywhere. And then they think, ah, this doesn't work. This is not for me. And they give up and they move back to, okay, I'll just go back to the old swiping and hoping, waiting for someone in my social circle, trying to kind of slime onto my female friend or the friend of a friend, uh, jostling and fighting with my, other uh, with my other male friends over the one or two single girls in my social circle and embarrassing myself or putting way too much effort into a girl that's never going to be interested in me. Right, so it is vitally important that you understand it's not just a possibility, it is a necessity to really understand and really believe and internalize and of course to go out there and learn to become competent at cold approaching women. It's not that you will necessarily meet your next girlfriend on the street, but the skills that you develop on the street are transferable to all other locations where you can meet women. I understand that like day game is not the only thing, right? It's not the only place and situation where you can meet girls. There will be lots of situations where there's kind of warm approaches where you, you go to a party or you're at an event or you're introduced to someone through friends, right? So this stuff is legitimate. I'm un I understand that those opportunities exist, but they are far more limited than the opportunities of walking down a busy street and being able to meet 20 girls today if you want to, right? So the skills that you learn, getting over your fear, understanding ways to communicate with strangers that are powerful and natural and communicate your intention. All of the conversational aspects, the pulling the trigger, the learning how to create sexual tension with a stranger, all of that stuff is highly transferable. You learn that by doing repetition, by meeting a lot of women in a, in a day game situation or a night game situation, and then, cool, you're at, a, you're at a party and you see a cute girl over there, you don't have to like try and think of some way to get the friend to introduce you, you just roll over and say, hey, I was over there talking to my buddy, what's your name? And then you get straight into it. So that's number one. Believing, understanding, internalizing, and then of course, actioning the idea that it's cool to talk to strangers. I remember just as I was getting into seduction, I was on a flight coming back from the city visiting my mother. And so I was in the aisle seat and across from me on the other aisle was this really cute girl. And so I just learning, started learning that you know, seduction is a thing, you can talk to girls you don't know. And I'm sitting on this flight and I'm there for like 30, 40 minutes. I'm thinking, fuck, what do I say? What do I say? There's gotta be some, there's gotta be something. There's some angle here. And I was literally just there grinding away in my head, trying to think of some reason to talk to her, some, some clever thing. And then finally I got it. And I leaned over and I said, hey, did you ever notice how every airline stewardess, her name ends in an I? Do you think that's like a, a requirement when they hire the girls? Like Vicky, Cindy, Mary, Sari, Fnary, <laughs> or something. And then she went, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, um, you coming from coming back from Canberra too? You, do you live in Melbourne? She's like, oh yeah. And then we got into a conversation. What happened with that girl? At the end of the conversation, I said, well, listen, um, 
you know, I, I play in a band in Melbourne. I don't know, do you like live music? She's like, yeah. I said, oh, cool. Well, maybe, um, maybe I can get your email and then I can just put you on the mailing list and, you know, just let you know with, with everyone else. Nothing personal, just let you know if there's a gig and maybe you can come along. Yeah, sure, cool. All right, wrote her email down and never heard from her again. So, <laughs> number two in my list of things that I wish that I knew way back in the day when I started is this. You do not need to have a cool thing to say. So, in this situation, I was, I was sitting there, you know, racking my brains, trying to figure out what is the puzzle piece that is going to, if I figure it out, is the thing that's going to allow me to talk to this girl. And, and when I finally came up with a thing, you know, and of course, if it would be on the street, I wouldn't have had 30 minutes to think of something, but because she was locked next to me, I had time. But when I finally came up with the thing and I delivered it and I thought, oh yeah, that's a clever line that makes, you know, that shows that I'm, I don't know, like Seinfeld or something. Did you ever notice how, you know, everyone has the same name, something? Hey, what's with that? I don't know what I was thinking she was going to think, but obviously it didn't have the effect that I was hoping for, right? And it was, more importantly, it was totally unnecessary. So, so many times men see a girl that they like and it's, this often happens at a bar where for the, for the like civilian population of men who don't know about seduction, they'll be sitting at a bar and then they'll, oh yeah, I want to talk to that girl and what have I got? Or the guys that are into it, trying to think of something clever to say. Because the misunderstanding here is the idea that there are these perfect moments, right? That, that in, order, in order for you to differentiate yourself from the crowd, in order for a, an attractive woman to want to speak to you, that in the first opening salvo, the first lines, need to be impressive, right? And, and that's, that kind of thing is definitely fostered by media, right? You see that, of course, in romantic comedies or whatever TV shows where the way that the guy meets the girl is by having some snappy one-liner, some, some witty thing, or there's something in the environment or in the scenario that allows him to speak to her, right? So this is classic in, in any romantic comedy movie that the, you never see a romantic comedy where the main male character sees the girl and goes, hmm, walks over and goes, hey, how you doing? She's like, fine, You're like, cool, you look nice, what's your name? That never happens, does it, right? It always has to be some thing that where the, her dog and his dog start sniffing each other's butts or he accidentally trips over or, or, you know, she's about to get hit by a car and he saves her or she's looking at, at a painting and he happens to know what year the painting was made and comes and says some clever witty comment or something like that, right? And because the idea is that the girl needs to be impressed in the, in the opening moments or that some form of like fate has brought them together. Right? It's like where the, it's, the, it's the serendipity of like some perfect stars aligning that allows them to bump into each other or for the dogs to come and sniff each other's butts or whatever. Right? So this, this gives you the, the concept and the idea that it needs to be something clever and special in order for her to respond to you. Now this is a complete myth and it's a complete waste of time. Right? Because I can, I can think back on those early days when there were so many opportunities where a girl was here in a park just sitting reading a book and I was like, ah, oh, hmm, well, the book. No, no, I don't know what that book is. Yeah, if I knew what that book was, then, then I could go over and I'd have something clever to say. But because it's a book I haven't heard of, well, I guess I just can't, can't do anything. Right, so, so often men talk themselves out of uh, opportunities by, by not seeing it as an opportunity. By seeing it as some puzzle that is really difficult to solve, 
and that if they don't have the correct answer, then there's nothing to do. So the truth is, of course, that you don't need something special to say. You don't need any kind of opportunity. There is, there is no need for a perfect romantic comedy moment. All you need is to be able to get to the girl. Uh, like, you know, I can't get to the girl on the boat over there because I would have to swim there. But anyone on this island, I can just walk over and more or less say, uh, hey, how you doing, <laughs> right? Of course, there are better and worse ways to do that, but that's just, that's just technicalities when it comes to knowing uh, how to calibrate or preframe or what element of directness is better to use because it's not always the best thing to run up and say, you're so fucking beautiful. There are, there are times when it would be better to be more subtle, but all that stuff, that's the, that's the technical nuts and bolts which can be learned very simply. This mindset, this understanding that I am enough as I am, that women are not impressed by little witty, impressive statements particularly. Like even, like even in that situation, okay, I said something that was sort of, sort of witty or something, right? And she, and she got it, she was like, oh yeah, huh? And then I asked her some questions and we did get into a conversation, but it would have been just as easy to just lean over and say, hey, you're flying back from, what do you live in Melbourne or what's going on? She's like, oh yeah, visiting my sister. Oh yeah, I was visiting, visiting my mum. Glad we escaped that shithole, huh? Yeah, anyway, my name's James would have worked just as well and I still would have got the email. <laughs> so that's number two, keep this in mind. You do not need an opportunity. You do not need the right thing to say, a clever thing to say, and trying to invest time in that will actually lock you up in your head. You'll be overthinking it. And by the time you've come up with the cool, clever thing to say, you go up there and deliver it, and then, in, and then you expect it to do something, you'll be disappointed. Because even if it is a cool line, and she's like, whoa, cool line, then what? Well, then you just need to move on to being you anyway. So you may as well just start with that. Number three, the number one primary, most effective metric when it comes to the thing that is going to improve your success with women is simply this. It is the number of women that you talk to. Nothing else compares in terms of uh, any kind of action or behavior or mindset that is going to increase your chances, particularly in the early stages, right? So and when I'm saying early stages, I mean the first year, at least, of you going from, I've never approached a stranger before, uh, I don't have much experience with women outside that, to, okay, I got this. I can go and get a date today if I want to. So often, men put way too much emphasis on any given girl. And this is just as true of guys who are cold approaching as guys who are in the normal world. Because when men often start out doing this, what they do is they approach a few girls. Right on a Friday night, they might approach a couple of girls or every now and then throughout the week, if they see an opportunity which seems really easy for them or the girls giving them signals, for example, then they might take it. And if you're meeting one girl a week, a few girls on the weekend, you're doing almost nothing. Really, you're just relying then on chance. Uh, sure, you may accidentally do the right thing and you may hit, a, hit a, a situation where the girl just likes you and you may hook up with her, cool, it's better to do, no, uh, better to do something than nothing, better, better to meet some girls than none. But if you want this to be a skill that is internalized that you actually have a handle on, then you have to be meeting girls all the time. This metric of going and meeting at least one or two girls every fucking single day is the thing that makes the difference. Now, of course, what you say, how you do it, how you analyze those approaches is very important as well. So you can just mass approach doing the same thing over and over again 
without taking the feedback and that, that will not improve you. In fact, that will eventually demoralize you. So there are, I'm making a clear distinction here. It's not just, not just the number of approaches. I need to be able to analyze the approaches, but without a density of approaching women, you will never get good at this. It's impossible. How can you be expected to get good at a skill if you repeat it once a week, a few times a month? So many times men fixate on a specific instance, right? So they, they go out and they try some of this and they talk to a girl and talk to another girl and then they get into a conversation with a girl and they struggle through it and they get the number and then she flakes. And then they spend fucking days and weeks hating on themselves or, or, or really trying to figure out exactly what did I, where did I go wrong or what can I uh, send her now? Like what kind of flake busting text can I use in order to <laughs> win her back? And then... Or it's like a situation where you get into an interaction and it's, and it's quite painful because she rejects you harshly or because you get embarrassed or you're, you, you think you're getting somewhere and then you totally lose it. And then the guy will fixate on that as indicative of, his, uh, of the quality of him. Right? He'll take that very personally and presume that this means that he's a loser or he's never going to get good at this or women always treat him like this or here we go again, my life always ends up like this. Making gross generalizations about himself and, and dating and women based around sample sizes of one or a few girls. All right, so you, the truth is you can't make any conclusions about patterns of behavior. You can't get any true understanding of women unless you're meeting lots of them. You can't get good at the process of seduction basing that around one or a handful of approaches. Right, so it is vitally important to understand that all the other stuff, trying to learn how to do perfect conversation or dress perfectly, anything that goes beyond actually going and approaching girls, you're simply wasting your effort on it. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.